and welcome to From the Newsroom, the semi-weekly uh, podcast from the Holland Sentinel. I'm state and county government reporter Arpan Lobo, and today I'm joined by editor Sarah Leach and managing editor Audra Gamble. And guys, today we are here to talk about uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's State of the State address that took place last night, and we're recording this on Thursday, January 30th. So guys, you guys watched the speech. Uh, I did not, but I've been following along with the kind of road plan um, and talking to people about that. But since you guys got the entire speech, what were some of the main takeaways you had uh, from the from the uh, kind of address? You know, I think one of the, the biggest takeaways from the speech last night was just that um, Governor Whitmer kind of came out punching and mm-hmm. she didn't really stop the entire speech. She, um, you know, has been struggling the entire year um, with a, a lack of, you know, what she says is willingness to, to work with her office from um, the Republican legislature. And she basically just said, you know what, if you're not going to get on board, I'm going to leave you behind. Mm-hmm. And here's all of the things that I'm going to do with, you know, executive um, power. And this is what we're doing. So get on board or get out. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that like there were a couple of moments where where she, it, it was clear that there was um, an intentional, calculated way of constructing this speech to convey um, and gently jab um, and then also to try to humanize certain issues uh, and kind of leave the Republicans, I think, in an um, indefensible position where she was she brought um a a child from muskegon heights and talked about how he um was so frustrated with the potholes in his neighborhood that he got a shovel and a in a bucket of dirt and and filled it up and and so now you know because she's using a child um as an example of of an issue that is clearly the center point of the the budget plan for 2020 um it kind of leaves the Republicans in a position where they can't really criticize it very much because nobody wants to to be less active than a literal child. Yes, sure. right. So you could see like some psychology in play. Um, I I loved the way that she actually opened the speech when she talked about um, how everybody looked, at, and that was a reference to the criticism that she faced with the outfit that she wore in her inaugural 2019 State of the State address, where um, a lot of trolls were saying that they didn't approve of the outfit choice that she had. And she said, you know, this year, let's focus on the contents of my speech versus what everybody's wearing. And yeah, that was literally the first line out of her mouth. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is really setting yeah, the tone. Like, All okay. right, let's go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought um, it was kind of maybe a little more than midway through the speech. She had this line where she said, you know, those of you that, that don't want to stop just playing games. Um, And then she said, I'm going to move on without you. Mm -hmm. The people of Michigan want concrete action. And sometimes they just want concrete. And there was a moment where Shirky reacted to that line. And I, and I, I'm not very good at reading lips, but I swore he said that that's a good one. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Where he begrudgingly had to acknowledge that, you know, that, that, I mean, and it is accurate. It is an issue. Um, I just think, you know, obviously they have different approaches as to how to solve the problem, but I don't think that it's an overstatement to say that Lansing is in gridlock right now. And so she's trying to push through. Yeah, it was very obvious, um, you know, the the contrast between this address from from Governor Whitmer and then Governor Snyder's last address. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she she kind of made a concerted effort to 
to show the differences in her administration and the things that they had done, even if they were more kind of, um, you know, symbolic things. She talked about um, the the LGBTQ pride flag flying mm-hmm. over the Capitol. She mm-hmm. talked about hosting an, an iftar Ramadan dinner. She mm-hmm. talked about, um, you know, in inclusive um, efforts that, that her office is making. She talked about some, some legal um, cases that, you know, her administration is working on. And she slammed pretty um, hard uh, a, a bill that um, Governor Snyder passed about third grade reading laws. She, she kind of ran ran the the board of you know here's how we're doing things differently from mm-hmm. from the previous administration right right yeah well let, let, let's backtrack a bit and let's get back into the specifics of roads that mm-hmm. uh whitmer campaigned on fixing the damn roads yes uh as as she said and last year it was pretty you know notable and pretty uh, uh talked about but her plan was to introduce a 45 cent gas tax um, Which went over like a lead balloon. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was very unpopular, yeah. both among the legislature and from everyday Michiganders. Yeah, um, you talk to. Yeah, tax um, hikes are never a popular. No, nobody thing. wants to spend more of their own money, right? Uh, even if it's something going towards something they use every day, uh, it, it, it's something that wasn't able to get passed. The legislature plan, the uh, plan in the House was to divert funding from schools and mental health causes uh, back for, uh, that go from sales tax at the pump, sending those back onto the roads. Mm-hmm. And that's something that uh, House Speaker Lee Chatfield, he's a Republican from Levering, which is up north, that is something he's staying with uh, this year. Um, but Governor Whitmer has decided that she's not going to try to work with the legislature mm-hmm. with uh, her roads plan. Instead, she has sought the authority of the State Transportation Commission, and this morning they voted unanimously to approve uh, a new bonding plan of $3.5 billion, mm-hmm. which is a significant increase from the $1.9 billion she uh, asked for last year. And that plan will fix uh, the interstate uh, U.S. and uh, Michigan roads right. in uh, Michigan. But and not these, county or local roads. Not county right. or local roads, and these aren't just resurfacing things, mm-hmm. uh, resurfacing projects, excuse me. These are reconstruction projects. And, right. Uh, Governor Whitmer said the goal is for these projects to have these roads last for another 25 to 35 years. Right. Well, I mean, you know, she referenced that that bridges, you know, there's there's the political will to build bridges, the metaphorical building of bridges, and then there's literal bridges that are being shuttered, and we have one that's nearby Ferries uh, Smith's Bridge in Ferrysburg has been closed for the better part of a year now because it's um, it can't support certain certain um, weights um, and there's been a huge struggle to figure out how to fix those kinds of things so those these kinds of ripple effects are hitting close to home and I think um, you know it's it, I'm not really sure if this is the right way to go because although it does a, a immediately address the problem, she she kept on mentioning that there is a time to to be impatient and now is the time to be impatient. Um, it also is going to do political damage where it's going to, you know, for better or for worse, it's going to pretty much set the tone for the rest of her term. And she's got three more years of having to try to work with this legislature. I think that this is going to have a chilling effect on any political unity or bridge building that she was trying also trying to push for in her speech. So I, but I mean, it's, it's, Hey, you know, I, she feels it's something that she's got to do and we'll kind of see how it all shakes out. 
Yeah, I think that she, um, you know, was very aware that the political capital she was trying to build across aisles was really destroyed in the budgeting process yeah. this yeah. this last go around. Um, there was a lot of controversy over, you know, her strategy of line item vetoes mm-hmm. and and kind of just taking things under into her own hands after, um, you know, uh, quite a bit of gridlock and and really not much movement on either side. Right. Um, she she said that you know her four main categories to focus on for the next year um, are roads, education, jobs, and healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, she she touched on some of those more than others in the speech and then said, you know, kind of more info to come. Um, but she also, um, in this speech, I think, was taking time to prepare and sort of, you know, gauge reaction to, to certain ideas and lines and things. For the speech that she's going to give next week, mm-hmm. um, she is giving the national response for the Democratic Party after President Donald Trump's State of the Union. Right. Um, so this was kind of her dry run almost on, on a mm-hmm. smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much she um, brings in the concepts that she was talking about last night about, you know, statewide issues to a national level next right. week. I think that Michigan is a microcosm of what's happening nationally anyway. I mean, it's not as severe as Washington is, but... You know, you see um, one one branch of the government that's controlled by one political party, and then you have another branch that's controlled by another, and you just don't see a whole lot of willingness to be able to to talk about issues. Arpan and I have podcasted about our local rep in Holland, Brad Slaw, and and I was we were saying just what was that like a week ago where I I was actually um, pleasantly. Uh, surprised that he was saying, you know, I want to see what the governor has to say. I want to find, identify ways of working with her because you just don't really see that kind of sentiment expressed from one party towards the other, regardless of where it's originating from. Sure. Right. And uh, the thing, the thing about that though, is that if the party leadership uh, decides to go in one direction, there's not much space for individuals. Right. Right. Um, we've seen that on a national level with um, reps like Justin Amash having to leave their party because they bucked the trend. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever get that severe uh, here in Michigan in the legislature, but um, it's not easy for individuals when they're not in a leadership position to kind of pursue that route. Right. Um, speaking of local um, officials, I chatted with uh, Senator Roger Victory this morning. He represents all of Ottawa County. And few weeks ago, interestingly enough, he introduced a bill in the legislature that would uh, require the legislature to approve any transportation bond more than $100 million. Mm-hmm. Now, even if that passes, and I expect it to pass the legislature, Governor Whitmer is never going to sign it. Right, Because right. this, uh, going, pursuing these bonds is a direct move to uh, kind of bypass the le- the legislature of course and well and it's also an effort to strip away power from from a governmental body which is something that Shirky, uh, Mike Shirky was trying to pressure Governor Whitmer to do when they were trying to broker a budget deal last That's year. That's true, right. And and so I mean even if we get past like the whatever the needs are of Michigan today I don't think that anybody who would be sitting in the governor's office, regardless of party, would would want to put any kind of restrictions that could hamper the office in perpetuity. Right, right. And um, the, these kinds of bills are maybe just uh, sort sorts of you know show of will or show of support. Sure, sure. But it, it it kind of displays the the sort of fracture that's taken place over the past mm-hmm. year plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really doesn't do much to, to help anything in present day, which is it's just kind of, you know, as, as, as a citizen, it's just a little bit disappointing to see this kind of coming from both sides. 
So we talked about um, Governor Whitmer's road plan, but I wanted to talk about her three other focuses of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so she talked about education um, in, in terms of um, funding and also equity across the state. Um, she reminded students to fill out their FAFSAs <laughs> um, so that they didn't leave any you know, federal money for college on the table. Um, she did mention really low unemployment rates, but she pre- uh, you know, kind of couched that by saying, well, but that's partially because some people are working two or three jobs and right, they're underemployed and they're adequate. Right. right, right. Um, but something and that housing's we were, too expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So we were talking in the newsroom this morning, though, um, particularly about some of her health care um, points that we thought were kind of interesting. Sarah, if you wanted to touch on that. Yeah, I, I was um, I was surprised at. Well, she 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 talked about protection um, of, she said that repealing the ACA, the Affordable Care Act uh, federally, which has been kind of um, bantered about since the Trump administration began, um, repealing that would probably leave millions of people without health care. She said that it would be a disaster for Michigan, and so she was trying to push the state legislature to put in some sort of state laws to protect people who had pre-existing conditions. She tried to play on some of the sympathies of people in attendance that night and who would be listening. Um, think about people you know in your life who have diabetes or have high blood pressure. Um, it's not just ne- you know necessarily a cataclysmic terminal condition that could bog down the system financially. They, these are pe- people that are that we all know and love and that are in our everyday lives. But then she kind of pivoted and really started to focus. She she gave a huge amount of time to um, women who are are having children, um, particularly uh, post-birth. She talked about how there are services that are available to to women, especially low-income women who are having children, and how they have they have a certain amount of care that's provided to them postpartum for 60 days past having that child. But as a as any woman who has had a child would know, that is not really um, the duration of the postpartum process, and so she wants to expand it to to a full year, um, which is uh, which is it, it's aggressive. I don't know if she'll if she'll quite get there, but I think that it's it's a good step in the right direction because a lot of people don't realize how hard it is for um, women to struggle with these these sorts of issues um, after having children. And then she talked about the the, the disparity between the, the the races, and that there is a lot of um, concern that there's a near crisis point about Black women in particular when they have babies that they are dying at uh, two three times the rate of Caucasian women from pregnancy related conditions. And I was just shocked at some of those statistics because I didn't I didn't realize that that was actually going on. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more. Um you know, kind of aggressive things that that Governor Whitmer proposed. She she talked about um, you know creating this this kind of group of people that included um, uh, an official from from a, a Detroit hospital and also um, from Michigan State University's um, you know medical program, um, talking about you know how how particularly medical schools, but also you know functioning full hospitals um, are able to um, train nurses and doctors and and those that will become those things in implicit bias and and trying to reduce the the gap in in that um care that is provided to to all women of michigan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um i yeah it was 
I was pleasantly surprised because it's not something that I see talked about often. And I, I know, you know, personally, I know a lot of women who have struggled with these sorts of issues. Um, so it's really nice to see it getting a little bit of love. Well, I uh, don't have much expertise uh, in, that, in that area, so I, I don't know where it's my room to speak. But I, I, I do agree that Wimmer has made this a priority. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that she uh, will continue to emphasize uh, as, as we get further into the year. Now, it's going to be interesting if she can get those sorts of things through the legislature. Right. Um, right. It's ambitious. Yeah. Right. Well, but But aren't all state of the, the what you know union state right. of the state sure. they're, they're always Absolutely. ambitious yeah. right right yeah and and she called um in her speech she said that this has been a year of firsts now obviously she's recapping her first year you know mm-hmm. in office mm-hmm. um but she also highlighted some other things that we haven't quite talked about yet um she talked about the redistricting efforts in the state um she also talked um about um, juvenile offenders so previously if you were 17 you could be charged as an adult and um during her administration, they've changed that up to 18, which right. is a really big change right. for the state. Um, she also talked about um, water quality quite a bit, which obviously mm-hmm. is something that's a huge issue in the state of Michigan. Um, and she talked specifically about um, high water levels, which is something that we're seeing, you know, kind of on a massive scale on, on the lakeshore of Lake Michigan. We're right. seeing whole homes collapse into the water. Roads closed, right. Um, you know, massive, massive sinkholes in, in Saugatuck. And, you know, the, we're seeing this kind of very locally. And then she also talked about um, PFAS contamination and specifically legally holding um, companies that contribute to PFAS contamination accountable, mm-hmm. which we're seeing in the northern part of our county. Right. And under the healthcare umbrella, she talked a little bit about providing expanded access to mental health care resources. She talked about creating a prescription drug task force to try to keep um, costs down on, on the state level. Obviously, that's a big federal issue right now as well. Um, and then obviously we have we have an opioid problem nationwide and how to address those those particular concerns in in Michigan and try to figure out how to how to stem the tide yeah she she made a really bold um kind of agenda plan there which is she said that she wanted um an opioid task force ooh an opioid <laughs> a lot of task in there. force lord <laughs> um to cut opioid overdose deaths in half over the next five years mm-hmm. and you know that's that's a huge um undertaking particularly when those types of overdose deaths continue to rise nationwide right, right. well and it's a, it's a challenge too because you have to get it at the root of the problem as to why they're occurring in the first place sure. versus just re- just um restricting access to the drugs themselves and so that's a little bit of a bigger critter than I think that most people realize. So we'll see. You know, we wish her luck on that in that endeavor. Well, okay. Well, it's almost the end of January, and we'll see how far she can get with some of these things. I know last year the emphasis she placed on road funding and mm-hmm. uh, auto insurance reform, she was able to hit on some of those. She wasn't. Um, and last year, you know, on things like the auto insurance reform, she worked together with the legislature, mm-hmm. you know. But there was obviously a disconnect on other areas. And we're going to see, you know, now that she's bypassing the legislature, which is in her executive power to do so, right. she's, if she got the bonds approved. And, I, and um, I will point out that this is a move that Granholm did during her administration. And John Engler. And John Engler. So this, is, this has been something that's been used in Everybody's both parties. Everybody's favorite, John right. Engler. Um, <laughs> But it's going, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, just where, if this kind of 
sours if this even further sours uh, the ability to work with the legislature. I don't know necessarily if it will. Mm-hmm. I know that there are certain priorities that um, Shirk, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky and uh, Speaker Chadfield have that necessarily don't necessarily align with the governor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what 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 comes out of the legislature in the coming months. Yeah, I thought it was was kind of. Um Interesting how Governor Whitmer planned specific little kind of shout outs to their two districts in the speech. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was kind of a lot of criticism slash admiration, (laughs) depending on who you talk to, about how when she was doing line item vetoes, she specifically would veto things that would um, negatively affect those two districts. uh, constituencies and a lot of people said that the um, line item veto of the Pure Michigan budget was because they both are um, from very tourist heavy locations mm-hmm. that would you know benefit quite a bit from that Pure Michigan money but um, pretty early on in her speech she um, talked about um, a, a new visitor center that's going to be created on Arch Rock um, on Mackinac Island which is a huge you know spot for tourists to visit and it's going to be um, named for Governor Milliken and and she kind of said her thing and you know there was applause and then she pointed down and she goes that's your district you know so um you know she 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 understands you know the divide that is you know between um the aisles right Mm -hmm. now and and you know while she's you know saying this is the time to be impatient she also has to work with these people on a daily basis i mean she can't just sit in her office and ignore you know their existence so there's there's a kind of balance fine line situation going on yeah i think that she did her probably what any of us would do which is trying to push forward for the things that you think um that that the people of the state want uh, she referenced that leadership requires tough choices. She said, I don't want to make enemies out of people, but I'm going to do what I think the people who elected me want to get done. And inaction is not an option. That was another another quote that, that she gave. Um, she did what she could in order to kind of do like, you know, what we often refer to as like a compliment sandwich where, <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying to, to bolster the person up, but then you have to kind of deliver some bad news. And then you try to follow it up with something that might, you know, uh, assuage the, the, the sting of whatever it was that, that had to happen. Um, and so I think that she did, she did her best to try to remind them that they're all people, that they're all humans humans that we're all trying to work together but if I'm you don't want to play ball want, then yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna take my toys and go home sure, <laughs> you know? yeah. so it's you know you got to do what you got to do is basically the bottom line of the speech yeah i think she she packed a lot into those 40-ish minutes of the speech so it will be fascinating in the the next couple of weeks to see you know what policy specifics come out and also the response from from our local representatives in the area mm-hmm. yep which our pan is going to be chasing I guess so. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, right. That's a uh, you know an important important thing to see what uh, everybody's. We were just talking before we started recording. Uh, Rep. Mary Whiteford, who represents Allegan County, was on uh, WHTC this morning, and she talked about her disagreements with the governor over the uh, implicit biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying that it, that it probably wasn't a necessary uh, priority. She said she didn't agree with it, which is interesting because it is a. Uh, Rep. Whiteford is, is a nurse, but um, maybe she doesn't see the type of, if, if she's uh, working in Allegan County, maybe she's not seeing as many people of color as, say, a nurse in the Detroit right. area right. or the Grand Rapids area would see. 
And, and um, I think it's a, it's a little, she might be missing the point of what implicit bias is. It's not that you're sitting there and you're making the conscious decision to right. think yeah, less Yeah, it's than, not like the evil chuckle, you know, I'm going to yeah. you know, mess with this person's yeah. life. It's, it's more of... It's more like you're kind, you're, it's, a, it's a subconscious thing right. that you don't realize that you're doing. That's the whole point, is that people don't realize that they're doing it. So. Well, on that note, I think that we are wrapped up here. But anyway, thanks, guys, uh, for not admonishing me for <laughs> not uh, watching the state of the state. I think but you deserved a night off. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, I think that wraps us up here. But for Sarah and Audra, I'm Arpan, and this has been From the Newsroom. Thanks for listening. Thanks.